How do you stop struggling? Hi, welcome to an important conversation here on Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And I have to be honest with you, my friends, this is one of those podcast episodes that I really hope I'm able to get right for you. I hope I find the right words and the right order to deliver the right message so you all can have the perfect takeaway. Um, it's a really big day for me as I sit and get ready to record this show. And I, I feel like I've been having a conversation with you all in my head all day, wanting to sort of frame for you some of the thoughts and feelings I've been having so that I can turn them into lessons and insights that you can take away to build your best lives and run your best businesses. Because you see, a year ago today is really marks the beginning of probably the hardest, scariest time in my life. Um, It was the last day my husband and I were in our old home back east. Um, We were planning on moving to California. I've shared several times on the show that it was not a move I wanted. It was not a move I anticipated with any amount of glee. And it was absolutely the best possible thing I could have done for myself, my business, my life, my marriage. It just worked out wonderfully. But a year ago today... I had no idea that was going to be true. Um, I was scared out of my mind. It was it was a level of just heartbreak and sadness that, um, and this is totally going to be an episode I cry on. So if you can't deal with that, you might as well go back to one of the 275 episodes previous to this. But um, I just, I had no idea it was going to be good back then. Um, This wasn't a move I wanted. It was nothing I had asked for in my life. I doubted whether or not I was capable of doing it. It was just so hard. And a year ago today, I was packing up the very last boxes in our unit, loading up the pod to send it on its way for storage, and then loading up my car with the things that we were going to need immediately. And my husband was at work, and the plan was that I would meet him at the hotel that we were staying at while we got our bearings getting ready to move for good um, to California. So I anticipate, as I, I look back on where I was, and personally in my mindset, journey from a year ago, my guess is there's probably another one of these episodes um, under my belt in the coming days and weeks as I think about the anniversary approaching of the actual move date. But what I think I want to share with you today is the struggle. Because one of the things that I really held on to when I think about the grief that I held about moving and saying goodbye to my people and saying goodbye to my life. Um, I just, I imagined that I was leaving everything behind. Um, And I know that literally I was, (laughs) literally, I know I was leaving everything behind, but I was imagining all my friends and family and, you know, everything that was sort of predictable. I sort of, with my husband's disability, I was imagining like the first time he got sick and I didn't have my tribe immediately nearby. There were so many awful worst case scenarios that I had. And I can tell you that my mindset really indicated 
excited that I didn't believe it was going to work out. There were so many ways I thought about it, ways that I, you know, sort of moved through it in, in my head that I, you know, sort of organized it for myself that it was just a temporary thing. And now a year later, I'm looking back on the woman and I can see her and I know her like who is yesterday. I feel so different. I feel so changed. But I, I remember that woman. I, I remember the sort of fierceness of which I was packing. I remember the resentment that I was when I was packing and moving boxes and doing it entirely on my own. Thank you very much. Um, and all my stubbornness. And I'm thinking about the woman I am today. And when I look at the life that's been built, and um, in a lot of ways, my husband and I are still living in the meantime. We, you know, we purchased a house that isn't perfectly accessible. We're going to be renovating it and um, moving out in January for those renovations to happen. So we kind of have to pick up and move all over again. So of course, it's easy to kind of reflect on where I was a year ago and the lessons learned. And what I really want to share with you and the insight that I hope I, I can accurately sort of portray and tell you about is that I thought I had it all back then. Um, if you had asked me before the move and the tension with my husband about the move, I would have told you I was really happy, that I loved my life. I had successfully closed my brick and mortar practice. I had sort of seen the first signs of success that my online business was really going to take root and it was going to be something I could consistently rely on, that I was good at it, that I was developing a clientele. Um, I had a really good, strong network of girlfriends in my tribe. I loved loved being sort of a a surrogate aunt to my friends, three kids, and a regular everyday aunt to my own uh, two nephews. I just, I really thought I had it together. And when I look at what I love so much about my life now, the life that I did not imagine, the life that I did not accurately predict, um, the, the life that I was probably like, like just wrong on all counts about it lacks struggle living in california and regular every day is just easier the weather makes it easier i think people's attitudes make it easier um the fact that the west coast is certainly way ahead of the um, universal design game so things are more handicap accessible there's more sort of outdoor nature-like activities that my husband and i enjoy doing um, that are more readily available to us it's just easier to have the life we want and it would be so easy to give California all of that credit. And a lot of it probably simply does belong in California because they, you know, have the great weather, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that was really clear as I look back on where I was a year ago today is that pod was outside my condo and I was loading it by myself. Even though I was a person who said she had this tribe who whose people like meant so much to her that she couldn't like bear or imagine a life without them. Why the hell didn't I ask for help? Why the hell did I decide I needed to do that all by myself? What 
kind of point was I trying to prove? Who was I trying to prove it to? Um, looking back on it, I think it was probably, if I'm like being brutally honest, looking in the mirror and looking myself in the mirror, I'm sure some of it was a passive aggressive attempt to make my husband feel guilty for causing all of this in the first place. Like I'm not positive, but my guess is that might have had a little something to do with it. But also this idea that I knew I was packing up and moving on a weekday. It was, um, you know, it was a work day for most people. So this idea that I would be asking people to change their work schedule, to accommodate me in any way, to try to get babysitting to help me um, when the task should be quote unquote relatively easy because I had set it up for success. I had gotten myself really organized. I had the system worked out. It was, you know, as streamlined as possible. But I did that entire thing by myself. I, I chose, and I remember losing my mind that day. And I remember crying regularly. I remember reaching out to friends and saying, like, I just need company for 10 seconds. Like, I just need you to listen and hear, et cetera, et cetera. But I never, like, asked anybody who was in my vicinity who would have actually been capable of lifting a freaking box if they would be willing to. Like, it's not like I asked and I got no. And so I had to do it myself. I actively chose to do it myself. Um, and one of the stories that I tell a lot when I um, compare why life is better in California, I'm regularly sort of quoted as saying, like, of course, it's the weather, the weather's nice. But what's really better is the lack of struggle. And the example I always give I give two examples pretty regularly. So people who hear, who hear me tell the stories are probably like, oh God, I have to hear this again. But the two examples I give is back on the East Coast when the weather gets really bad and you have weeks upon weeks of snowstorms, there's these huge snow banks that take up the end of every street. And if you want to make a right hand or a left hand turn leaving one of those streets, it's kind of like you're either playing Russian roulette or you're somehow putting your life in danger because you're trying to creep out just enough to see beyond the snowbank without putting yourself into oncoming traffic. And then I give the example of going to the grocery store and how the carts at the grocery store in the parking lot always get stuck and locked up because the salt from the slush and all of the plowing and stuff that people do in the winters sort of gets stuck into the gears of the shopping cart. So you can't just pick up a shopping cart and go. But here on the West Coast, I have yet in like almost a year now, of shopping at the grocery store, I've never gotten a bum cart. So I give these two examples pretty regularly, and I just talk about how life is easier here. But what it also starts to highlight for me when I give these examples is how often back east, because I quote unquote thought I was happy, or I quote unquote thought that this is the way life should be, I actively chose struggling. Like, so I give that example of the snowbanks at the end of the road, or I give that example of the shopping carts. Why the hell, if it was so hard and life would have been easier without it, did I never once just give myself a weekend off after a snowstorm and have my groceries delivered? It would only cost me four extra dollars to get it delivered. Why did I choose to struggle? Why did I choose the irritant? Or the number of times I would just run 50 million different errands rather than then, um, you know, seeing if there was a delivery option, seeing if somebody else was going that way. But how often 
do we choose the struggle? Because, you know, the other day I talked to you about how to get out of a bad mood or what to do when you're having a bad day. And I think sometimes, and I shared this in the example too, is that we're so used to sort of viewing these things as something that's happening to us, that we take it personally. But at some point in time, it's just something that's happening and we get to react to it. And I'm wondering if you were to look at the list of stressors, if you were to look at your life critically, even like I'm saying, like, even if you quote unquote think you're happy, because a year ago, aside from having to leave, I really thought I was happy at the time. Where do you see struggle that you're choosing that you have control over? How many times are you trying to get two different kids to two different sports on two different fields across town from one another without ever asking the mom of one of the other kids on the same team to say, hey, could we do a carpool thing? Can you pick up my kid? I'll pick up yours. How many times do we make life harder for us or allow the hard parts to continue because we don't offer the vulnerability of asking for help. I think, you know, the example I give is this personal example because I have to tell you it's probably the number one mindset thing that I'm going to lean on for the longest time because it was just, I learned, it was like boot camp mindset and it was mindset in real time every single day. Like I was just, I was wrecked by it, like crying in public repeatedly, not just, you have all heard the Logan Airport bathroom floor story, but not just on Logan Airport bathroom day, on all the days in between, just wrecked and broken by it. And I thought to myself, like, wow, like I was crying that whole time because supposedly I was so happy and I was leaving all that happiness behind. But when I look back now um, in the life I've built for myself now and the choices my husband and I have made for ourselves now, I see a lot of places where I accepted struggle as part of the status quo where I never asked for help, or even when help was offered, I accepted it. When I sat with questions about my business and strategy about my business, and I, you know, got shy about overusing resources or appearing dumb or inept, so I didn't ask for help, I didn't ask for clarification. And as I think about this anniversary day today, and I know that it's gonna mean more to me than any of you listening, The thing that really stands out is that I loaded my car and I loaded my pod entirely by myself, bawling my eyes out, cursing my husband in my head, and I never once asked for help. I think I'd probably turn down help. I'm sure somebody said, do you need anything? And I said, no, it's fine. I've got a system. I've got it. That sounds like something I would say. Where are you at in your life, in your business? How much struggle do you have? How much stress are you dealing with? And have you created a story that you need to manage this entirely on your own and by yourself? How much have you decided that this army of one that you've built for yourself is the only available resource to fight whatever war or battle that's in front of you? I think sometimes we do this on automatic pilot and we don't even notice it. And I remember like kind of talking about the story 
afterwards or when it all was said and done and my dad looked at me and he's like have I'm retired I would have helped you build the pod and I like and in my head I was like oh right but you would have had this super specific way of doing it and you would have wanted it to be done at a very specific time and if I wasn't on your schedule doing it your way you would have had an issue with it and it's so quick like how even when somebody says I would have been there to help I my instinct is to go yeah but <laughs> let me tell you I've got this. I think sometimes we spend so much time thinking about how life is happening to us or what is happening to us and how like we have no control whatsoever over it like that entire time it took me a really I don't even think it was until like maybe the last two weeks where I looked myself in the mirror and went like Heather you chose this like you don't want to go but you said you were willing to go like you actively chose this this isn't something that's happening to you but I think so often we get caught in that battle where it's the thing that's happening or the story we tell ourselves and we never say okay this is happening this is really hard how can I make it easier how can I go easier on myself and I remember thinking at the time that I had gotten so much better at it because when my husband was initially hurt back in 2005 I like didn't even tell people it was awful I didn't even it wasn't even that I didn't ask for help I didn't even like talk about how god-awful recovery was and so then in 2015 when I let people make me food and I let people sort of fill my fridge and and you know visit my husband at while he was so sick because he had a, such an extended illness in 2015 I thought I had gotten better um and now I look back at that you know that woman from a year ago today and been like really kid like you thought you got better because like look at what you're doing this year because some point this year, it's just, it's been a whole lot of asking for help and a whole lot of not knowing because in an unfamiliar territory where you don't, I like, I still have to use my GPS to get everywhere because I really like, I, I don't know how people learn where to go without a GPS in a new area anymore because, you know, back home, you, you grow up in places, right? And I learned how to get everywhere before there was a GPS. So I got that sense of direction or at least at the very least, I at some point Google Maps saved all of us and we were able to print those maps out for the car but now that I have a GPS I just enter in every address and I don't pay attention to where I am or where I want to go I just trust that the GPS will get me there how often do we do that my friends in our own lives where we just go on automatic pilot we do things the way they've always been done and we don't ever stop and give ourselves permission actual permission to stop and ask ourselves is there an easier way to do this? Um, is there someone who would be better at this, who could do this more um, effectively than me? Why does it have to be me? Why do we put our pressure? And I'm, you know, now I'm asking you guys generally, like, why does it have to be us? Why do we tell ourselves that story that somehow we are more capable, more um, worthy, more deserving if we just do it all ourselves? I, I don't know how we create those stories. But I know that I have a pretty healthy mindset on most days myself, and I know that I created that story. So that tells me some of you listening have probably created that story too, and it's contributing to your suffering. It's contributing to your struggle, and you don't have to suffer anymore. And life does not have to be a struggle, but you have to choose for it not to be. Like, 
beginning, middle, and end. A year ago today, I was, God, I was miserable. I, I just, God, I was so scared and I was so lost and I was so unsure. And I'm sure that those feelings contributed to why I didn't ask for help. But I never gave myself permission to make the hardest thing that was happening in my life or had happened in my life in a really long time any easier. How could that have all gone differently for me? If I had been willing to let it be easy or easier, I don't think that there was a way that that could have been easy. It, it was going to gut me one way or another. But when you look at your life and you look at your business, how could it be easier? And are you going to choose to let it? Are you going to give yourself permission to let easy parts, run-of-the-mill, regular, everyday be easier? If it would just help you out to have your groceries delivered, to have someone else pick up the carpool for the day, to, you know, you're only going to know your life and the examples relevant to your life, but I think you know where you're going with this. And then are you willing to meet that need and ask for help and accept help? Because it's my story that there's people who are just chomping at the bit to help you out, who would love to to sort of just do you a solid and help you out for 10 seconds. But sometimes you just have to ask or you have to be willing to say yes when someone else asks. And it comes down to a choice of choosing not to suffer. And I know why we don't do that, right? Because if we choose not to suffer, we have to give up our victim status. And hell, I was getting a lot of mileage out of the story that I was moving because of my husband's job. So I couldn't be a victim to that story if I had just asked for, you know, a helping hand loading a box or two. Um, I would have had to give some of that up, right? I think that's my challenge for you today to get in the driver's seat of whatever it is that's going on um, and see if you might be able to struggle yet less or suffer less if you were to ask for help. And I think most importantly, because again, when I look back on my life a year ago, I was not an unhappy un individual until the move came up, until that conflict and tension came up. Before then, I thought my life was fine, but it's so clear how much regular everyday hard I experienced accepted. Um, even just the environment, because it is so, so crystal clear to me that like, I belong better in California than I did in Massachusetts. I leave my people aside when I say that. Um, but like the, the attitude, the laid back, easygoing mannerisms, the positivity, you know, mass holes are a phrase <laughs> that we use to describe Massachusetts residents. And it's a real thing. And that aggression and that intense way of being, it is not in my nature, but I accepted it for so long in my life because my people were there and I needed to be at all times within two hours of my people. And now I have like just regular casual interactions with people in California that are just more reminiscent of who I am and how I prefer to move through the world. And the idea that I just didn't allow myself that 
I that possibility or that option or that choice if before a year ago. And if my husband's job hadn't demanded it, I never would have done that for myself. I know that. I know that my eyes never would have been opened to that idea or that possibility of compromising and moving from my people to be around regular every day where suffering is less and things are easier. Because here's the thing that happens on the other side of um, choosing less struggle and choosing for it to be easier. When life does happen, when things do get hard, you're not piling on. So a couple of weeks ago, I think I shared with you that I was having a problem with my middle ears because my husband and I had gone to Big Sur, California, and for some reason, my ears didn't adapt afterwards. So they were plugged and they were blocked. And then lo and behold, his brand new snazzy fancy car breaks down and has some weird malfunction with his car door. Um, and we have to take it into the shop. At the same time, I get vertigo and um, I'm suddenly incapable of driving my own car. He can't drive my car because it's not handicap accessible, and he can't drive his car because it's in the shop. If that series of events had happened to me back east, it would have just floored me because the automatic story would have been, um, of course you can't take care of me. Of course, like the one time I need you and I need a helping hand, you're not there. Of course it happens that you can't help me. It would have been all about him and it would have been filled with malice and meanness and resentment because regular every day had, would have already accumulated a pile. Now that regular every day in California is so much easier and I don't have to be the disability cop and I get to just be the wife and people are kinder and life is easier. Yeah, it was a crap thing that happened and it was a run of bum bad luck that happened all at the same time that the car broke down at the same time I got vertigo, but I just took a lift and I got myself to the ER and it wasn't that bad. See how that goes? Because there's less struggle and strife underneath. That's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your life. I want you to see where you're struggling and where you're choosing struggle. And I want you to ask yourselves, how could life be easier if I chose not to struggle. Because if you don't let a pile develop of resentments, of hurts, of hard times, of hard things, and of irritants, everything gets easier. And when everything gets easier, you're way more capable of managing the hard stuff. But you got to give up that victim story. You have to give up the idea that this is something that's happening to you. And you have to choose to give yourself permission to suffer and struggle less. It's probably not going to be the last time you hear from me making these comparisons and talking to you about where I was a year ago from where I am now, but I really hope today's message resonates. Um, I hope it feels as powerful and as important to you as it does for me. Sometimes I worry that these things are too indulgent and, you know, I'm only benefiting myself and telling the story. I really hope there's a takeaway for you here. Um, and if there is, you know, reach out to me, tell me, let me know. You can always find me over at Heather at Choose to Have It 
www.thisisfeminineinsideallcom um, You can also, too, if you'd like, join my Facebook group. I've um, been in the process of revamping it and re-energizing it. Um, I've even changed the name. So my Facebook group is called Business Mindset Mastery. You can always find me there learn more about me, join the conversation there. But thanks for today. Thanks for letting me share my story. I I hope it has value and meaning in it for you. And I really look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.